0: Welcome to the Endless Wealth Podcast. I'm a mama of two little ones, owner of a multi seven-figure real estate portfolio, and I'm your host, Sarah Miskelly. My mission is to show ambitious, high-performing women in business, how they can stop chasing money at work and start making passive cash flow and build wealth from real estate investing. Just be ready, because with the right ideas and advice, me and my phenomenal guests will share in each episode, you will see things differently than you ever thought possible. All right, let's get into this week's episode. Today's episode is long overdue. I'm going to go over the Limitless Financial Freedom Expo I attended mid-June in Phoenix. It was incredible. All the big names were there. Robert Kiyosaki, Brandon Turner, Chris Voss, Lisa Song Sutton, Kathy Fetke, it was truly insane. I'm also going to tell some stories from the after events and who we got to hang out with. I couldn't even believe it. Hands down, probably one of the best conferences this year. I will 100% be going uh, back next year. It was nuts. (laughs) But really, the event itself had some game-changing content from literal mega multimillionaires and their strategies for coming out on top in our current economic climate. We're talking debt, Energy, economy, real estate. So make sure you stay until the end because I don't even know how I'm going to pack all of this incredible content in. And let me see what I can do. Let me try my best. Um, So, first, this event was. In Phoenix, like I said, I ended up going with my conference bestie, Ellie, who I met at another conference. We had such a great time. We met up with our oil and gas buddies and this was actually not even on my agenda to attend this event, but our friends graciously gave us some free tickets and it turned out to be such an incredible event, just the networking and the education that I'm so grateful they shared it with us. I really want to go into the content though because We're in a very different environment than we've had the last few years. And there's a lot of opinions swirling around about what's going to happen, how things are looking. When we look at the facts of the matter, building costs are still high, interest rates are high, and there is still an undersupply of housing, which will continue to increase demand for rental properties. So even though interest rates are going up, demand is up. And when you look at it, demand is always going to be the driving force for price increases and rental increases. So I'm not too scared about the market. There's always deals to be had. That was one of the critical points that was being brought across is let's not look at tomorrow's interest rate. Let's look at the long-term picture of what rental housing looks like and population and job growth looks like in different cities. Another thing we talked about was Exploring that unsustainable growth of debt in relation to the income and its potential consequences. So, when you look at charts, and a lot of them were shown, and we look at how much debt has gone up, you know, the Fed's increasing interest rates quicker than any time in history over the last little while, and you're looking at what people are actually earning, there is a massive discrepancy. And this is just something to consider. When people are spending more and more money on housing because they have to, because that's what housing costs, A, less of them are actually acquiring property which adds more renters into the pool but that money is going to have to pull back from different areas. So an example of that is consumer spending. Um, I know in the online digital space high ticket has kind of gone down as an offering and people are more interested in membership communities simply because the cost of $49 in a recessive market when maybe you're spending more money on housing you know is much more digestible than you know 15000 on a high-ticket sales course. So this is just an example of some things I've seen over the last year. One really interesting thing was people like Robert Kiyosaki and a few other big players were really highlighting the significance of natural resources and hard assets, such as oil and gas, copper, in wealth building and as a strategy. Now look, I know these guys are super, super wealthy, so what they're doing doesn't always directly relate to your average person even somebody who's in the upper middle class you're not going to go out and hoard gold when you still need cash flow from your assets it was just a very interesting perspective though to see what they're doing right now to protect themselves and grow their wealth i think it was robert he was talking about having a tree farm (laughs) and having cattle that's what it was he said he had cattle I mean, you and I are probably not going to go out and buy a bunch of cattle, but that was what was fascinating is they're talking a lot about real things that you can touch, feel, not crypto. That that wasn't really brought up at all, fascinatingly enough, even though Robert has talked about it a lot in the past. They're really talking about owning land and owning real things. He also talked a lot about education and its imperative role in addressing societal changes and challenges. Robert has always been a huge proponent of education, rich dad, poor dad, you know, the Bible of, for most real estate investors, I know my dad made me read it when I was a kid. And he also talked a lot about the school system and the challenges for the US and you can say Canada as well. His words exactly where the biggest deficit in the US and the world today is education and how critical investing in education is as it leads to personal growth and societal development so it was something that he hammered down a lot and it's funny because I feel like Robert Kiyosaki can say whatever he wants (laughs) he sounded like you know you know like an angry older person who like just doesn't really care what they say anymore (laughs) like your grandpa who doesn't give I care in the world. <laughs> Robert just had that persona. He was saying a lot of things that I'm not going to say on this podcast, but you know, he can say what he wants because he has built up such a massive platform and he's been so, so successful. And a lot of us revere him and at the, at the center of it, no matter what words he's using is education and self-education. You're not going to be getting that from the school system. Now you really want to take it on yourself and take that initiative to become an educated, uh, critical thinking citizen. Now, another thing that they talked about was the geopolitical stability of the U.S. and its impact on the global economy. There was a lot of conversation about the U.S. and its good relationship with Canada and Mexico, which created this kind of North American geopolitical stability. And there was a perspective that the U.S. moving forward, and I know there's a lot of talk about the decline of the U.S. dollar, a lot of people at this conference were saying, look, The U.S. is still a global safe haven for investing. And of course, we're at a U.S. conference, so you're going to have to take everything with a grain of salt. But when you really look at it from a perspective of job growth, onshoring was a huge conversation, meaning jobs leaving China, coming back to the U.S. Uh, Industrial real estate is doing quite well specifically for that. Uh, A lot of jobs and companies are moving back and doing their their, you know, supplying and development in the U.S., especially after COVID when there were so many supply chain issues. Are you a female founder that wants to confidently diversify her portfolio, make passive cash flow, and build wealth? then you cannot miss the Passive Real Estate Wealth Virtual Summit designed specifically for 250k plus female founders I'm hosting on September 21st and 22nd. Grab your ticket and join me and 10 incredible female real estate investing experts as we dive into the old boys club of lucrative real estate investing the passive way. Go to www.passiverealestatewealth.com to apply for one of the limited number of free digital tickets. I cannot wait to see there. So there's a lot of reasons why many believe the U.S. is still in a fantastic position and continue to be. Now, another thing we talked about was the impact of energy trends, uh, including the declining investment in fossil fuels and the rise of green energy and renewable energy initiatives. And one of the conversations that was led and talked about how because of this now green initiative and green conversation, there's been a lot of less investment and attention put on to industries like oil and gas. I know I was very surprised to learn that in my um, hometown of Toronto in the province of Ontario, I think by 2030, they want to have all electric vehicles on the road. So there's a huge, huge push to get things moving into a greener economy. And what's happening is because money is moving away from things like oil and gas and a lot of the media conversations about those kind of asset classes have been shifted and we moved away from them there's not as much conversation about the fact that we still need a lot of those things so once again a lot of the big names we're talking a lot about oil and gas investing and those kind of energy sources that they're not talked about but we still are going to require realistically for a long time moving forward and that was very very interesting because I don't hear a lot about that outside in the news and in conversation was those fossil fuel requirements very interesting now they did talk about once again that we are going to struggle with inflation for the next few decades uh data shows that that persistent inflation inflation will continue to impact purchasing power and people's investment strategies this isn't going to change tomorrow i think it's just the new reality and all of us are adjusting to it so you know there was no talk about that changing anytime soon Uh, it's more just like adjusting our strategies to stay aligned with it uh, another thing that we talked about was that big push right now for vulture funds and the attention towards finding distressed commercial real estate to invest in uh, because it does seem like that's what's coming down the pipeline this year and into next year with all those people that had floating rate loans or got into the market and overpaid and they just don't have the income right now to operate and be profitable. Uh, So those assets should be coming online soon onto the market. So that was a big, big perspective is anybody that has liquidity right now is in a great position to start acquiring those assets. Another thing we talked about was the power of selling, which was very interesting. Just overall, the importance of hard work and talent, there was a lot of very ambitious High-performing speakers there, and you know a lot of them. When you hear them speak, they're they're not really saying that they did anything particularly unique. You know, they really just put their head down and got to work. And it's something that I really believe in and admire is work ethic. Uh, that's how I was raised: is you got to work hard to achieve what you want. Uh, one of the quotes that I heard while we were there was the toughest sale of all is you selling you on you and committing to yourself and going towards your goals. That's something that you have to really buy into yourself to get that success that you want. And a lot of us admire the people that we saw there. But look, if you want to get there and be on stage at a conference, you better buckle down and work hard. Uh, another big thing we talked about, and I think just because we are at a financial freedom conference, there's a lot of alternative thinkers there, uh, a lot of conversations about vaccines and things that I don't think you'd, you'd hear. <laughs> uh, so so readily expressed from a lot of big big name people that, you know, have media coaches and things. But one of the things that we talked about a lot was challenging those traditional financial Advisors and exploring these alternative paths to wealth accumulation. So there was a lot of different alternative asset classes represented there Like I mentioned oil and gas industrial real estate self storage was a big one a ton of different things that you're not going to learn about um, From the bank or your financial advisor and I will be talking about in my passive real estate wealth summit in September I'm gonna have speakers from a number of different asset classes. So uh, If you are interested in that definitely make sure to check that out Another great speaker talked about how much you really actually need to be wealthy. Thatch, he's huge on TikTok. He's huge on Instagram. This guy blew up. Uh, He's really put, put a lot of effort in. There was also a social media panel talking about how these people did expand their social media presence. I learned a lot from that and became thought leaders. And he said that, look, you really only need to own a couple properties to be wealthy, what was crazy was stats showed that only 6.7% of Americans own rental property. And the average net worth of retirement is 266400 which is nuts. Like nobody can live off that. And it's funny because when you're in the world of real estate, a lot of my peers have real estate. We talk about real estate constantly. You kind of assume that everybody does it. And when I saw that stat, it was very disturbing to me because I know how powerful real estate is as a wealth-building vehicle. The fact that not more people own it is very distressing, to be honest, because you just can't rely on your job, especially with inflation, especially with the way things are changing with AI and all that stuff. You don't want to rely on one income source like a salary It's just not going to get you where you need to be to live a a good life. I'm not talking about balling out, but I mean to live a good life where your kids go to good schools, you can afford education, you can afford to do what you want to do in terms of vacations, you can afford to donate to charity. So it, it was a very disturbing stat and it was good to kind of see as well though that the assumption of how many properties you actually do need to have a good amount of passive income isn't that much. I think he said like 10, 10 is enough. So if you're getting started yes that still sounds like a lot but you don't need to be like these speakers who have hundreds and hundreds of units and they're trying to make like you know multi multi multi-millions of dollars a year you don't need that you can get by in a good way with a lot less and i think that that's something that can really empower people to get started all right so they also talked about the potential crisis and pensions and just the importance of diversifying your assets you know pension funds are supposedly broke (laughs) and you don't want to be relying that nor can you really Really, if I could sum it all up, the biggest highlight of the event was the significance of real assets and owning real assets for having financial freedom and choice. That was it. And I think it's simplifying that and clarifying it for people to understand that that is really what all the big names are telling you to do. It's not from me. It's from like Robert Kiyosaki, Ken McElroy, all of these big players. And it's something that you can take on. So, real assets such as tangible properties, resources, will shape your financial future. So, I also wanted to share, like I said at the beginning, some of the after-hours conversations. So, what's super cool about these conferences is you usually find that the big speakers are wandering around; they're saying hi to everybody. Um, I actually had the opportunity to talk to Brandon Turner at the bar, <laughs> like you know, like after after the event, and you're meeting. Deepak Chopra, his team member at the bar, and just having these really powerful conversations. I'm even flying out to Vegas on Thursday to hang out with Lisa uh, Song Sutton. She was at the event. I won an auction to spend the day with her. Wonderful auction. It was for the Veterans Fund. And that was just the vibe here. Everybody was really inclusive. I think that's what's wonderful is when you see people that have really achieved massive amounts of success. They are no different from you. They've just put in the work, and what I love about that is it really gives us the motivation to do it on our own, right? So I hope you enjoyed this episode, my summary of the Limitless Financial Freedom Expo. covered a lot, economic landscaped, hidden opportunities, and of course, if you're looking to learn more about real estate investing, especially in multifamily assets, lots of opportunity coming up make sure to get in touch with me. You can DM me. You can email me. I am so excited to connect with you. Thank you for tuning into the Endless Wealth Podcast. If you got value from this week's episode, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It truly means so much to me to get this information out to more trailblazing women like you. And don't forget, if you haven't secured one of the limited number of free digital tickets for the Passive Real Estate Wealth Virtual Summit happening on September 21st and 22nd, go to www.passiverealestatewealth.com. Dot com to apply now and join me and 10 incredible female real estate investing experts for this exclusive online event where 250k plus female founders transition from being real estate newcomers to confidently managing a growing passive real estate portfolio. I cannot wait to see you there.